Welcome forward. I'm your host, Cassie Betts, on KBLA Talk 1580, and you're listening to Talk Tech to Me Uncut, where technology is the new sexy, black geeks are the new superheroes, and South Central LA is the new tech mecca. Let's talk about what's the T in tech. There is drama on the blockchain, and it is some really hot spicy tea crypto leaks is the name of the platform that drags ava labs which is avalanche the cryptocurrency avalanche the uh blockchain in a jaw-dropping expose and they have receipts so there is a crypto so uh crypto leaks is a crypto whistleblower site it published a shocking expose along with a series of undercover videos they sent in like an undercover investor y'all um, and they have allegations against Ava Labs. Again, Ava Labs is Avalanche. Um, <clears throat> according to the allegations, Kyle Roach, um, Roach is a founding member of Roach Friedman LLP, which is a law firm. They have a secret pact whereby Roach will provide legal services in exchange for AVAX tokens and equity in Ava Labs. So what they're doing right is basically Roach is filing class action lawsuits against all the competitors like the top like 25 class action lawsuits have been filed so far against competing <clears throat> competing entities, people that compete with Avalanche. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, the Ava Labs founder, Emin Gunsir, I'm not sure if I pronounced that, has called the report a conspiracy theory, but like they got receipts, they got videos. Um, Kyle Roach has also denied the accusations, claiming that the statements are highly edited and spliced out of content. I mean, you know, it it could be. You never know up in these streets. I actually I don't know what this means for the uh, tech space. Um, so Avalanche is kind of like I, like currently, Marty, my um, tech company, we're building an NFT exchange and we were going to build on Avalanche. Um, so now after this has come out, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. Like that's highly unethical. I don't support anything um, like that. Anybody who would, you know, try to try to run game. And I mean, you're going to sue all 25 class action lawsuits so that you can get their information. So basically, this Roach guy, he gets the um, he'll have all the information on all the competitors like that's mad shady. So, again, don't know if it's true, but it's sounding it's, it's looking bad for y'all avalanche. Um Next up, L.A. County EBT fraud ring gets busted. So on Tuesday, September 6th, the district attorney, George Gaskin, confirmed that 16 suspects were charged with a very sophisticated EBT fraud scheme. According to criminal complaint, the group stole cardholders private EBT account information. Then they duplicated real EBT cards using that information and use phony EBT cards to make ATM withdrawals from the account. Later, when the card holders went to withdraw money, they discovered that all their accounts are empty. 16 people were apprehended by the Southern California High Tech Task Force. Did y'all know that there was a Southern California High Tech Task Force? I did not, but I'm kind of like, I want to put some of the the kids we train on this task force. I'm going to make it my mission. Um, They also seized $130,000 in cash and over 300 counterfeit EBT cards um, worth over $400,000. Y'all, that's a half a million dollar fraud ring. I'm just I'm baffled that like people really thought they were going to get away with this. And um, the names I'm, I, they showed the names. I can't even pronounce them, but I'll just say there was no Jenkins on there. <laughs> there was 
There was no Tyrone on there. It was, and the fact that they didn't show the pictures of the, um, of the alleged, uh, defenders, it tells you that they were not black. I'm sorry. That's what the news does. You know, they, they love to blast black images of fraud and you know all the things we do wrong they like to let us know they like to let the world know so we're gonna say that it was it was giving caucasian i don't know but i'm just gonna guess um next up let's talk about the cannabis brand viola it introduces its viola vibes former nba star al harrington established viola the first black owned okay let's let's i'm gonna say this slow because it's kind of cool the first black owned multinational cannabis enterprise which recently unveiled its viola vibes system viola gained traction this year by obtaining 13 million in equity funding okay so they got they went and got monty i'm proud of y'all viola folks um, it has floral, four floral strains and vibes to pick from its Viola vibe system. The floral strains are named the kickback, get up and go, good times and lights out. <laughs> so I can imagine what those do. Viola debuted its first ever commercial for the launch, which featured narration by Bay Area rapper. Let's see. What is his name? Bay Area rapper and IG sensation Guad, Guap Dad for <laughs> Guap Dad 4000. <laughs> I'm old, y'all. I don't know what I'm like. Is that guacamole? Like, what is that? <laughs> it sounds delicious. <laughs> uh, according to Najee Taylor, head of brand marketing, the goal of Viola Vibes is to normalize the plant and educate consumers about cannabis, its history, and its cultural impact. Very cool. I think that's. Um, I hope. I hope they. Uh, I hope they're supporting those who are still, you know, locked up for cannabis. Um, for cannabis offenses. You know, I think it's, it's very sad that there are still people that are in prison today for something that's entirely legal now. So um, anytime I have a chance to talk to cannabis uh, industry, I'm always like, what are you doing about the people in prison? You know, so uh, when we come forward, we're going to talk <laughs> Canatech with D Williams on the unapologetically progressive KBLA talk 1580. I'm your host. Cast central LA is a new tech Mecca. We are sitting here with D Williams. She is a multi hyphenate entrepreneur who has worked in the professional staffing market for 20 years. You don't even look that old man. <laughs> As an unconventional staffingpreneur, best-selling author, speaker, business strategist, and success coach, Dee has carved her own path. She is the founder and CEO of Identifies Consulting and the Cannabis Job Board. These are just two of the companies that makes up the amazingly <laughs> authentic Dee Williams brand. How you doing today? I'm amazing. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to have you here. You look beautiful. Thank you. Melanin popping. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. So let me ask you, when did you fall in love with tech? Um, I, I don't know the exact age, but I was definitely, I would say whatever year the Commodore 364 <laughs> came out. I know I just dated myself in like the worst way. But whatever year the Commodore 364, my mom like went crazy. and She came home and she brought this computer and she's like, I'm going to teach you all about computers. And we were like, okay. And she's like, this is called DOS. And Ooh. I said, DOS. And she said, this is how you program. And she like showed us how to do just basic things. And that was just like the start of my tech journey. And I'm so thankful for it really. Now looking back, I didn't, I was annoyed probably 
But now I'm like, okay, this was a blessing. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So here on Talk Tech to me, Black Geeks are the new superheroes. Yes. You know, and all superheroes have an origin story. Okay. So what's your origin story outside of the mom, the DOS? What's next? What what happened next? Oh, okay. So you want my real origin yeah, story? Yeah, I want the real deal. <laughs> Tell me the, the real, real deal. deal. Um, so the story is, is very interesting. So um, I had my first child when I was 11 or 12. Was pregnant at 11, so shortly after that introduction into technology, uh, my mom just had transition, and that caused transition in our family, and um, and I ended up, um, you know, being in a position where, you know, I had to decide whether or not I was going to be a mom at a young age or whether I was going to um, not, you know, and by the time, you know, we... My, by the time I made the decision, my mom made this decision. She was like, yeah, you know, we're going to go and go to New York and get it taken care of or whatever. And the day before, I was like, yeah, I'm not going. And she was like, yeah, you are. I was like, nope, not going. And so she's like, I'm not going to help you. I said, okay, cool, but I'm not going. So um, that was the start of my journey. And um, and, and that's just, just the beginning of um, how things have went, like the first 21 years of my life, which was like kind of crazy. I, I told you, I, I read a lot about your background and I was like, oh man, we have a very similar background. I know you were homeless. I've never really been homeless, but I will say that um, I was a mom of two by the time I was 16. You know, I lost, I had my first apartment when I was 15. I moved wow. into my first place in Baltimore on Myrtle Avenue. So in the hood, <laughs> Rat City. <laughs> Um, you know, and, and I definitely had experiences where, you know, like, um, where like my, my son was taken away from me and I had to fight to get custody back. And I did, um, I had to deal with situations where, you know, I was um, taken advantage of by a cop, you know, by gunpoint. So mm -hmm. like, I just had like a very traumatic, crazy you know, 21 years, and it really set the stage for the person that I am today. Like, I would say maybe 20 years ago, looking back, I would have told you, like, I probably was still living in my sulking kind of, oh, woe is me phase, but today I feel so strong and so inspired by my own story, actually, you know, that um, it's what wakes me up every day. You know, it's what pushes me to keep going. I'm inspired. Man, I'm, I'm getting over here with goosebumps, <laughs> trying to hold back tears and no, all the no, things. No, that is beautiful. Um, I'm I'm so proud of you, of the woman that you are Thank today. You. you know, and, and I always say, you know, your adversities are what makes you, it gives you an edge. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. you know, if, if I like, literally, if I had the chance to go back and do it all over again, I would not change a thing because if it wasn't for the homelessness, the abuse, if yeah. it wasn't for all the pain and trauma and the destitute moments, like I wouldn't have the drive I have to never again sleep on concrete. Mm -hmm. Never again mm -hmm. will I. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like I wouldn't have this drive and like have done like all the studying I did, learned all the technology I could. Because once I found out how much people was making in tech, I was like, oh, hold on. <laughs> Give me, I'm a techie. I didn't even know y'all was making money like this. <laughs> you know? So when you were at 15, like, what was your job at 15 that got you this apartment? Was it in tech? And, like, at what point did you move into the tech space, the cannabis space, the business space? That's so interesting. So, yeah, no, when I was 15, I um, actually um, had preeclampsia, uh, which is where it's, like, super high blood pressure. So I went in, like, um, mad at my um, sister 
and was faking and actually um, got there and realized that I wasn't faking at all and that I wasn't going home. And that was three months prior to me supposing to give birth. It was maybe five months prior. And so, no, I, but I met a girl in there who had, was pregnant with twins, and she was like, I know this guy who would give an apartment to anybody. And I was like, even me? She's like, yeah. I'm like, y'all, like, I'm like 15. And she's like, I'm like 16. I'm like, oh, well, hook a sister up. Right. <laughs> and she did, and he gave me the apartment. And, and it was like the worst apartment on the planet. It was like holes in the wall. It was on the third floor, Myrtle Avenue, holes in the floors, um, rats everywhere. Hmm. Um, it was it was no refrigerator, no stove, no nothing. Look, I'm gonna was... stay on this. I'm gonna stay on this bus stop bench. <laughs> It was the pits. So that's how I got the place. And I, I actually, my first experience with working was like at a staffing agency. Like getting my first real job was at a staffing agency. That's how my career really started, um, you know. And so, you know, I did odds and ends. I telemarketing, sold meat packages. Same. You know? Telemarketing. <laughs> telemarketing will like change it your life. Change it's terrible. Life. <laughs> it's a terrible job. But I suggest everybody. It Get a job in telemarketing. It gives you thick skin. Oh, it's so like, terrible. It's if so you terrible. can sell over the phone a meat package, like you can do anything. Girl, I was selling AT and T, and then I was selling like, please save the whales. Yes, girl. Oh, not yes, the whales. yo, the whales, the cougars, the dolphins. No, yes, gosh. and those were actually the easiest ones because they were all people who had already given before. I'm sure, like super time, simple. like time magazine. Oh, it was super or, simple. Yeah, oh, that was sure. easy. <laughs> So, yeah, put your kids in telemarketing. Put your kids in telemarketing. <laughs> I think that's the best training ever. It is, and it makes them so grateful for whatever job is next. Yes. So I was so grateful. Yes, real talk. <laughs> right? So, okay, you started as a staffingpreneur, as yeah, a, at as a, staffing a staffing agency. agency. And, um, and then, so so the, the thing, so tech was always, since, she was, since my mom introduced me to tech, when I got into, like, these roles, it mm. was like, okay, I can really understand technology in a different type of way. So I'm just going to share the story with you really quickly. So, you know, imagine me, 16 years old, two kids living by myself in the hood. And um, I'm like going up no car. Right. No real job. Um, I'm on welfare. And I know that I want to get off of welfare. And I've actually told everybody in my 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 family and they're like laughing at me like, why why would you do that? You got it. You got it made. And I was like, you know, I just I think it's a little bit more to me than this. And um, so every day I would take the bus to Towson State, by Towson State University to the library. And um, I went up there every day, every day, every day. And these old white ladies was like, um, you know, what are you doing up here? Where are your parents? (laughs) And are these your kids? Wow. And I was like, yeah. And they were like, what are you doing up here? I was like, I went to get a job. And this agency told me, the temp agency, and they told me I passed, I failed the test. They wouldn't give me a job until I fa- uh, passed the, you know, the, you know, the Microsoft Word, whatever right. test. And so I've been coming up here every day on y'all's computer trying to figure out how to do it so I can pass the test. And she said, you're doing what? And so she goes and looks at the computer and she sees and I got all these books. And I'm like there at the computer trying to teach myself. And um, so she said, my kid was crying. My, my my youngest, Eric, was crying. And she was like, when's the last time this baby is eating? I was like, yeah, I ran out of crackers. This was like a very bad day for me. Exactly. Mm. So she's like, come back up here tomorrow morning and bring your kids. So I said, no, no. Like, why would I? I mean, now I'm feeling nervous. I don't like, know what she's are like you? about to take my babies, oh, right. you know, like, because I'm a young girl. So I, I take the bus home and the whole way home, I'm like, should I go back up there? I did the next day. They had a whole PlayStation ready for my kids. 
food for my kids. And one of the ladies came and sat with me every day and helped me get, you know, Word and Excel and PowerPoint down. And every week I would go to a temp agency and I would take the test and they would say, you failed. And I would get, say, can I get a copy? And they would give me a copy and I would take it back to my friend. I would say, okay, this is what I failed at. Can I do this? Show me how to do this. Let's do that. And we would practice all week. And then I would go to another temp agency, take the test again. And, and my scores just got higher and higher. And so finally, you know, I was able to get a decent job. But but that shows my love for technology mm-hmm. to where I can kind of go in and really like, teach myself something once I feel comfortable with the tech and that was really I feel like that really started something amazing in my life just dealing with people every time I went into a job opportunity or when I was in church and I you know it was always like oh she knows the computer oh she knows how to do that oh, leg up. give it to her because she know the computer that right. was what they would say <laughs> great skill to have <laughs> she know how to do it mm-hmm. oh we need obituaries go give it to her she know the computer right so um that turned into something amazing that fast forward uh, now I'm wait let be... me ask you real quick before okay. you go to okay. that part that the place where you went what was that like a resource center a, it library? Was a library it was in Towson it's still there to this day Wow, Still that's amazing. That's amazing. It's and good. I always tell people, um, like, sometimes when you go to, like, places with, like, people that work in libraries or, like, uh, community organizations, like, um, what, what are they called? The, the recreational centers or whatever. If there's, like, computer programs or, like, you know, we have the Best Buy Teen Tech Center. The people that work there, like, they are there for you. Yes. You know, like, for the first time, I mean, because everybody comes in and Gen Z is super, I mean, just teenagers in general, mad entitled, right? So we kind of look at you like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. <laughs> But once you keep being consistent, yeah. literally anything you ask for. Exactly. If you come in like every day or like every and you keep being consistent, mm-hmm. whatever you ask those adults in the room for, they will move because they're like, oh, this person is serious and they have connects. Right. They have PlayStations to give exactly. you and food to give you exactly. and they will move for you. But you, but you got to want it and you got to show it. And it was a 40 minute bus ride there and back mm. every day with, you know, with two kids. So when she said when she saw that, she was like, OK, so you're serious. Yeah. And I took it very seriously because I felt like, you know, I could definitely do this. So by this time, like I'm, I'm out of high school because I didn't have a parent, a consenting parent to um, put me back into school. So wow. now I'm just kind of like out here hustling in a way, just like working different admin jobs and just like really building my skill set and understanding things in a different type of way. Um, got into staffing very early, not just as an admin, but that transitioned into me actually like working for a staffing agency and getting into recruiting. And when you get into recruiting, it opens up a lot of different doors. Hey, commission, of, right? Yeah, you want hey. that too? <laughs> you got a low base like, commission. But you do learn how to, like, you can control your income a little bit better because mm. recruiting is a sales role, you know, and you, then you also get to help connect people. So I started recruiting in different areas and eventually tech, of course, came along. Uh, and you were like, cha ching! <laughs> And I was good at it. I mean, I'm like really a great recruiter. And um, one of the things I love was being able to talk to people about their role because I I really wasn't into tech like that. But I was, but I wasn't. And so I'm talking to a Java developer and, you know, the average recruiters is just trying to figure out if that person's a fit. Me, I'm asking. So when you did this code, like, tell me a little bit, like, pull the layers back for me. And I'm like really analyzing what the person is saying and like, can you show me an example, you know, and. They were like, wow, you're really like, you understand what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, 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 I totally get it. Like, da-da-da-da. And so I built relationships with a lot of people in tech. And um, and and that 
was also something that like really got me excited, I guess you could say. And um, then one day I quit my job mm-hmm. as a recruiter. Uh-huh. And my boss pissed me off. Oh. I don't know if I can say that, but yeah, you can say that. I think, I think. <laughs> and um, and and challenged me, you know, and said, "You can't quit. Like you're meant to do this and this only." Oh no, boo boo. And I said, "Well, if I'm growing your company in more than one way, why am I not meant to do other things as well?" And so he just basically laughed at me in my face, literally. And it really burnt, like burnt. It like lit a fire in me. And I said, "You know, I'm gonna quit." And and, um, you know, I'll just show you. I'll, I'll show, show you, you better than I tell you. So mm. he started threatening me with non-competes. Like, you know, you know that non-compete, you know, you can't recruit for a year. And so I said, that's fine. I have another plan. And I started writing resumes um, to fund my business and decided that I was going to start coaching and training people in recruiting. Smart, smart. More with D. Williams when we come forward. Our phone number here is 1-800-920-1580. This is KBLA Talk. Welcome forward. You're now tapped into Talk Tech to Me Uncut. I'm your host, Cassie Betts on KBLA Talk 1580. Our number again is 1-800-920-1580 to Talk Tech. We are here with D. Williams. Yes. Talking tech staffing. <laughs> to- yeah. Talking about so what kind of jobs are available? Like so you you're you're staffing tech candidates, right? right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So which is awesome because we about to be partners. She don't know it yet. <laughs> we go together. We go together. I love that. <laughs> we go together and she don't even know it yet. But <laughs> tell me about these like how can people get in on it? What how what what quality qualifications do they have to have? Yeah. How do we get down with you? I think. Well, <laughs> <laughs> How can I be down? So, so I just want to talk about the tech industry, just hiring and in the hiring in the industry as a whole. Um, I would say that. Um, so I want to give y'all some some tips that maybe the average person doesn't give when it comes to like dealing with recruiters and just different things like that. One, like don't have one resume for every job you're applying for. Like Bam. you have to customize your resume every time. Okay, that's what I've always done and I thought I was cheating, but no. I'm glad to hear. <laughs> uh, you have to because your resume goes through phases of, of phases of observation. So it typically starts off in an applicant tracking system, which sometimes has a rating system of its own. And based on what you say you have compared to that position will define where you fall in that applicant tracking system. Now, is this like bots? Like the kinda, applicant yeah, tracking? Like, like just artificial yeah, AI, yeah. Okay, and it. so okay. then um, then once you get past that, then the recruiter is going to look at it internally or, or externally. So if you're working with a staffing agency, you have two rounds. If you're working directly with the company, then it's like one round. But the recruiter is then going to look at it and say, okay, is this something that I feel like I should send to my, my manager? Does the manager actually need to see it? Does this person fit in? And then, then it goes to the manager and then the manager decides, yes, this is someone that I want to interview. Typically it, it goes into that process. So if you're writing your resume so that it fits the job, what will happen, and I'm going to give y'all my secret, but what will happen <laughs> is that everything will say, oh, this person's a fit. So when you read the the qualifications on a resume, for example, and it says they want you to have a bachelor's degree. They want you to have 10 years in the IT industry. They want you um, to have five years of 
of um, Power BI. They want you to have three years of um, .NET and, you know, four years of JavaScript, right? You want to start off your resume with a professional summary that says, I have 20 years or however many years of IT, of IT experience because that was the first thing they said. Mm. The second thing they said is they want you to have a certain amount of years and I can't remember my whatever I said, but you want to flip it around. Mm-hmm. I have blank years of blank experience doing this. I have blank years of blank. So you want to mirror the qualifications. And then when you get into the body of your, well, after that, actually, your next section should be your professional highlights, things that you've been able to save, achieve, accomplish, or you're known for. So that they can see like that person if they did that at that place then nine times out of ten they'll do that at this place and that's somebody we want to have and then when you write your resume and the body of it you want to look at the the responsibilities that they have on the job and do not lie but if you've done anything that they are saying or you have ideas around how to do it properly you can say I've successfully done this or I know how to do this or whatever the case may be. And those things will get you further up the ladder than anything else because it's easier for everything. It's easier for the ATS. It's easier for the recruiter. It's easier for the hiring manager to see very clearly whether or not you're a fit against the role. And that's how you sell yourself before you ever get in front of the hiring manager. That's that's like your phase one. And most people don't know that. And so as, sta- as a staffing agency, our job is to... Um, know everyone in the industry. So I coined the term staffingpreneur. So we're, we are professionals who work um, with organizations and with people to make the match, but we work in specific niche spaces, right? So and my niche space is recruiting, obviously, right now. But if um, so I have staffingpreneurs who focus solely on Java or solely on .NET or solely on Cerner or um, or Epic, which is healthcare IT technology. So wait, you recruit recruiters? Yeah, 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 I do. That's <laughs> yes. exactly right. That's yes. exactly right. Because companies need recruiters. Mm. And for the tech space. For the tech space, for really any space. Mm. But I'm the best recruiter. So okay. if companies need recruiters, mm. I know all the recruiters. So they come to me. But I'm also the best recruiter. So oh. I teach them how to become better recruiters. What? So, so yeah. I mean, you. I, I, have, I love It's like recruiting is like an art. And I see a boot camp in the, in the future. <laughs> I see a boot camp love, in the future. I love, love, love. So that's what everybody really knows me for is, is, is Staff Entrepreneurs Academy, like where I show people how to start staffing businesses in a niche space. And, and that's kind of what happened after I quit my job, which leads me to this journey that I'm telling you about this with the Cannabis Job Board. So I started training, right? I start, like I slowed down recruiting because I was under this non-compete for right. a year. So now I'm out there training. And um, at you need first, a year to get together anyway. That's well, you it know, it takes crazy. a year to get your life like in order with your business. So. First of all, fine. I was broke. Okay, <laughs> right, right. I had no money. I right. was struggling. Lost my house. Lost my car. Like mm. and like, very miraculous things were happening to me during that year. Like I would send out an email, and then somebody would call me and say, um, "I know this is going to sound weird. Don't hang up on me, but God told me to call you, find out what you offer, and whatever you say to pay, I am to pay you." Oh. Like that really happened to me. I'm gonna need that call, this y'all. Guy me for like six months. What? Literally, it was, <laughs> I'm not joking to you. This literally happened to me. Like literally, that's how I was able to keep my car at one point. Like this guy, and he was like, 
I don't need to pay you cash, right? He's like, you <laughs> cash if, works. <laughs> if you want to pay me, he's like, if you want to, if you want to, if I, if you want me to pay you under the table, I will. And I was just thinking, like, where did this guy come from? Like, <laughs> right, right. Is this like... You give him all the side <laughs> eyes, every eye you got. But and he never really took the training. I was just like a counselor to him all those times but he paid me faithfully and it was like blessings like that that happened over the year that let me know that like I was on the right path and so I really got into training and um and I built this over the last 10 years I built this amazing community of entrepreneurs like I have like 500 videos on YouTube like 30,000 LinkedIn connections like I'm like it's insane right and um and so I started training these people so I um this is right before COVID so I started building this mobile app called Mo Plan Do get motivated plan hey do it, Mo right? Plan Do I love it and I did a whole little Mo Plan Do workshop everybody came and it was the worst experience ever because I hired this team in <laughs> India and um you know they couldn't they didn't hit the deadline so I had this like live event with no app oh. and um but it, it turned out really good except there was no app and I ended up putting just like a lot of money out you know and not um getting anything returned and Mo Plan Do was really just to help people like get more organized my clients right so um I've been telling them I'm gonna get into tech that's what I I'm gonna build technology they're like yeah yeah D you and staffingpreneur you're staffing I was like no I'm gonna build tech so um so then I said okay well what else can I build now mind you in 2015 when um cannabis started to really get big I took this um conference where they give you a certificate of being like a cannabis consultant okay. where you can go in and help people start cannabis businesses and um I took that and I started the cannabis job board then but I didn't know what I was doing. So it was just, it kind of set, if that makes sense. Have you ever? Oh, for sure. Oh, okay. And then like all of a sudden you meet someone like right now, I have this like fairy godmother basically named Miss Brown. Mm -hmm. Miss Brown is that person to like everything I've ever done in life. I'm literally (laughs) dusting off like, oh, this smart city. Like I have this like smart city, like pitch that I gave to Metro that went nowhere, Okay, you know, and I literally dusted it off, sent it to Miss Brown. And she was like, absolutely. We can get money for this. Like Miss Brown gets money. That's okay, what she does. I need to meet Ms. Brown. You do. <laughs> no, no you will. No, I, I no, I'm telling you, we go together. <laughs> we go together. Okay. So when we come forward, I want to talk about, we want to talk about how, like what this job board is with the cannabis yes. space, how long it's sat. Yes. What is host Cassie Betts on KBLA talk 1580, 1-800-920-1580. We're here talking with D Williams. Yes. Okay. So tell us how do people get it? Like what, what, you know, <laughs> what, what, what's the what? Okay. So, so let me go back a little bit. So, um, 2015, TCJB, which is our nickname for the Cannabis Job Board, launched. We did a very, um, um, I guess, a white label kind of technology just to get our foot in the door. Um, We did very little marketing. And I said we. I started out um, initially by myself. And we didn't get any traction whatsoever. It was still very early in the industry. And a lot of things weren't really popping. So I would say maybe five, maybe three or four years after that, I, I picked up two partners, um, one in P- Pueblo, one in um, here in L.A. But we never did anything with it. We switched the technology out, but still did not do anything with it. So the tech sat mm. all the way up through 
COVID. Now, y'all, I just want y'all to listen to this story because y'all, because people don't understand how I, I've built two tech platforms simultaneously. Mm. But I need you to understand how. So I told you it was just sitting all the way through COVID, right? And I mentioned that I built Mo Plan Do and it bombed, right? Right. So what I did was I marked time. Do you know what that means? You marked time. Mm-hmm. No. My mama used to tell me this when I was a little girl. She would say, um, "Little girl, you need to mark time." And I said, what does that mean? She said, you know, in a marching band, when you're marching and you're marching forward, you're marching. But then the guy says, mark time, march. She's like, you're not going backwards. You're not moving forward. You're still moving, but you're standing still. So you have to sometimes mark time. Sometimes it's not time to move forward, but you can't stop moving. You can stop moving, but you can't stop moving, Oof. right? And so she said, mark time. So I was in this position where I felt like I need to mark time. I'm going to mark time. Mm. So I started marking time, and something said, okay, why don't you build your own e-learning like course platform for you to put all your clients into your training? So I found a tech team, and I started building this tech platform. This was my – it's called Reskillify, and this was my main baby, okay? But then COVID hit, and then all of these employers started to register on the cannabis job board. Like, they started to register. And I was like, and they were hey. making phone calls, and they were calling. And I'm like, hello? <laughs> and they're, and like, I'm trying to post my job, but it's not working. I'm like, um, where? And they're like, the cannabis job board? I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> People were calling, and then right. candidates were applying, and the tech was crashing. Right, because so you I had asked, been sitting there. No clue, wasn't thinking about that thing at all. COVID <laughs> happened. I was on my mission like everybody else had oh. no clue. So I'm talking to my tech team and I was like, do you have a duplicate? I need another version of you. And he said, actually, my best friend. And I said, well, he said, D, I can give you a whole new tech team. So now I manage two tech teams. So we went back and scratched the cannabis job board. And then I came and built it from scratch from my brain. And I decided, like, this is how I wanted to look. This is how I wanted to function. This is what I wanted to do. And over the past year and a half, that's what I have been doing. So um, 420 this year, we went live. Yes, 420. <laughs> we went live. And we went from zero traffic to, I say we get about 5,000 people per day. So You went live on the Cannabis Job Board, yes, 420. Yes. yes. And so we're getting lots of traffic. And we can see, like, what, where, what people are searching for in the cannabis industry. We can see what employers are posting um, and employers are not really looking for butt tender jobs very um, uh, interesting enough they're looking for salespeople. interesting they're looking for salespeople. they're looking for accountants they're yeah, looking for lawyers <laughs> they're looking for um, some bud senders and cultivators but they're looking for software developers they're looking for everything that you need in a regular industry, the cannabis industry needs that. And that's where the Cannabis Job Board really comes in because we not only focus on already established cannabis talent, but we focus on bringing people from other industries into the world of cannabis. Bring your talent over here because it's a brand new industry. It's brand new opportunities. There are brand new products and services being developed every day. And in order for us to really create some normalcy around cannabis and its healing you know abilities we have to bring people into this industry to help expand um its purpose and and that's what i'm here to do through technology so answer.org now back to more of the all-new weekend lineup here on kbla talk 1580
Welcome forward. You're listening to Talk Tech to Me Uncut, where technology is a new sexy. We are here with Dee Williams. Yes. Speaking of sexy, let's talk about hey, chocolate people. Hey. Let's talk about chocolate people <laughs> in the cannabis space, in the cannabis tech space. <laughs> we were talking during the break about celebrities and, and people hiring. Who, who are they hiring? Yeah, who, who are who, they hiring? Who's joining the job board? What's the demographic that you, you're finding? And, and who's getting, do you know, like, who's getting hired and who's moving? Not just yet, you know, but I will say that the demographic is the Verse. To be honest with you, cannabis is becoming legal globally, right? And my job is to make sure that the Cannabis Job Board is the number one job board and hiring platform that everyone goes to when they're looking for a cannabis job or cannabis talent, okay? So when the demographics can be anywhere from L.A. to Yugoslavia. Wow. Like places that are not even legal are coming to the job board. We can see their activity. They're mm-hmm. coming to the job board looking. They're coming to post. We had a company recently in the UK who has a whole company division there, multi-billion dollar, and they want to open up um, their space here in the yeah. United States. So they're looking for their first hire, their general manager, to open up their location here in the United States. So we get people all over the globe. But what I don't see enough of it's chocolate people. Okay. And, Let's talk about and it. so I don't see enough chocolate people and I don't see enough chocolate brands, uh, brands that are owned by chocolate people supporting the cannabis job board and the people and chocolate people coming into the job board. And so, and that's what I was telling you. I was like, we have all of these celebrity brands. I'm calling these brands out. Call them out, girl. Challenge them. Let's Why are you not posting your jobs on the cannabis job board? And mm. how do we partner mm-hmm. um, with it and, and to, to get more chocolate people right. Working is Viola on your job board? No, oh, not. Viola, no, Al Harrington, Al Harrington. <laughs> we need to see. Come through. <laughs> Anybody know Viola? Listen. Call them, tell them that MKBLA Talk fifteen eighty. We was talking about right. Them. Let them know. <laughs> tag them. <laughs> Let's tag them. Let them know what Najee Tyler, head of brand marketing. Uh-oh. Let them know. We call them out. Like y'all need to have some chocolate people. Who you who you got on your team? No, for real. Speaking of chocolate people, Marty, my tech company. You know, we yeah. we create apps. We do software, branding, digital marketing. Marty World. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Marty World. Come holla at us. I love it. Come holla at us. What? How are some ways that people can reach you? The CannabisJobBoard.com. Like, come and, like, get involved. Like, um, uh, we also, like, first of all, I'm on every social media network. So I have 500 YouTube videos. So you can just type in D Williams staffing on YouTube and you'll find me, first of all. Thank you so um, much. Thank you so much, Dean. When we yeah. come forward.